the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we are serving in Wesley Chapel in Tampa and Brandon in our newest location in St. Pete along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation. We're honored to serve the listening audience of Tampa Bay's Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 WTBN. Let's pray together. Amen. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King. We just thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for this season. We pray that people are filled with the love and joy of the Lord and that this will be a time not only to spread the Word of God, but to continue into the new year as we make 2016 better than 2015. So, Lord, we put it all in your hands. We love you and bless you and look forward to what you're going to do this day. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, it is great to be here once again as we are preparing uh, for the new year. Many of you are preparing for Christmas and going away or being with family. And may I suggest as the end of the year is upon us that if you find the teachings that I give edifying, we could really use a one-time gift or a monthly pledge. So feel free to call our office, 813-831-5673, or email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. You know, I want to take these next two broadcasts to discuss an issue that I am wrestling with. And so I'd like you to wrestle with it, too. That's fair, right? (laughs) Uh, I believe wrestling with God and struggling with his word brings refinement and maturity. It's when we don't think about things, what are we doing, that oftentimes we hit a slippery slope that we don't even know that we're in or have begun. So, look, this is going to be different than the normal teachings that I do. You'll have to apply your feelings, your knowledge, your spirituality more and more as we open up what I'm going to call this kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a Pandora's box that I'm opening up. I'm also going to ask for grace to be poured out on me because 
this subject, I, I'm just having trouble verbalizing it, getting my thoughts out there. I, I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm feeling. But uh, to try and bring it out to you in a way that is organized and that makes sense, I'm struggling with. So hopefully you'll hear my heart on all of this and not um, react to a word here or a word there. So the subject that I want to talk to you about philosophically sounds like this. As we assimilate into our culture, are we going against God? Uh, Putting it a few other ways, are all things that seem good to us God things? Or when we put God into a secular circumstance, does that make the circumstance godly? Are you and I part of a cultural slippery slope away from God? In 1 Corinthians 10.23, it says this, Everything is permitted, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permitted, but not everything builds up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Okay. So, as a backdrop, I'm saying that we may do many good things, but if they are not God things, are we going in the wrong direction? So, I'm going to use Christmas and Hanukkah as my examples. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'll start with Hanukkah. It'll probably get me in less trouble than when I get to Christmas. So during Hanukkah every night, we say the following blessings in both Hebrew and English. And whether you're a Messianic believer or a, a or non-Messianic uh, Jewish person, you would say the same blessings because, hey, it's tradition. And it's this, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to light the candles of Hanukkah. So my first question is, does it grieve God's heart that in our blessing, which is a beautiful blessing, there's something that's not true? (laughs) Nowhere does God say or command us to celebrate Hanukkah. Nowhere does God say or command us to light the Hanukkah candles. Not only do we do so, but we say he commanded it. Though I believe it's beautiful, it's a good thing to say the blessing. And who can come against the first part of this blessing, which is a very traditional Jewish thing? Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. I mean, but should Messianic Jews celebrate Hanukkah if God didn't say to do it? Jewish people made a beautiful holiday out of a historic event. Look, it's not a biblical event. It's a historic event. So what are some of the benefits? Well, number one, it strengthens our identity as Jewish people. Number two, it reminds us that we are dedicated to God. Number three, it reminds us that we are to be a light to the world. Number four, it reminds us to be 
um, to be lifted high, we need to be servants. Number five, it can be used to share the Lord with non-Messianic Jews. And number six, it's tradition. It's who we are. Now, if you were saying something negative while I was going through all of that, because Hanukkah is not mentioned in Scripture and God has not ordained it, so to speak, isn't that the same with Christmas? Look, I understand. Christmas, let's go through the numbers again. It strengthens identity as Christians. I get it. It reminds us that we are to be dedicated to God. It reminds us that we are to be a light to the world. It reminds us to be lifted up. We need to be servants. We need to come into this world, this believing world, as babies, so to speak. And look, we certainly can share uh, about the Lord through Christmas, and it's a tradition. It's who we are. Jeremiah 10. Now, please do not take this as I am against Christmas or Hanukkah. I am offering something to you to think about. And when I get through with the program, hopefully you'll see where I'm coming from. So stay with me here, right? <laughs> Jeremiah 10.1. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the nations or be frightened by signs of the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. The customs of the peoples are useless. It is just a tree cut from the forest, the word of work of the hands of a craftsman with a chisel. They decorate it with silver and gold and fasten it with hammer and nails so it won't totter. Like a scarecrow in a cucumber garden, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, for they... Can do no harm, nor do any good. There is none like you, Lord. You are great, and great is your name in power. So, some people would say, hey, that's a warning. <laughs> um, and obviously it's to Israel, but it's uh, it does seem to have some significance here. It says, do not learn the ways of, of the nations. Do not be frightened by signs in the heavens. And the third thing it says is the customs of the people are useless. It's just as a tree cut from the forest. And, and they decorate it with silver and gold and fasten it so it won't totter. So here's the question. And, and I'm not trying to tie something that is faith-based and religious to something that is not faith-based. But I grew up watching TV, and I watched Popeye the Sailor Man and Superman, and obviously they have no references to God whatsoever. Was that good for my parents to let me watch? Was that helpful in... Uh, what the decisions that we make to do the things we do, whether it's watching TV, celebrating a holiday, whatever it is, 
These can seem extremely good. What do we always say? Oh, well, that has good morals. That has a good message. That, but the question I'm asking is, somehow our culture in the United States is on a slippery slope. And I'm going to say that it didn't just happen because of them. Listen. It happened because of us. So, as an example, in the United States, our culture, our population, has embraced separation of church from the public square. We've embraced abortion. We've embraced a new definition of marriage. We've changed what normality refers to regarding men and women and their identity. We've made truth relative, mostly based on feelings, experience, and culture than based on the Bible. And political correctness is becoming the rule of law. Now, I'm going to say that this is happening amongst believers as much as it's happening in the secular world. Stay with me, (laughs) please. Look, our country's culture didn't change in a blink of an eye. We must have started somewhere on a slippery slope and didn't know it. In 1962-63, prayer was taken out of the schools. In 1973, abortion was legalized, and we've seen 60 million babies killed. In 2015, by the way, that's this year, (laughs) the definition of marriage changed from one man and one woman by the Supreme Court. Now, you might think that the change started with that, or it started with the prayer. You might think that it started with women's rights. You might think that, hey, look, I noticed a change when I was teaching early in, in, or actually late in the 60s, and they started allowing the dress to be changed. They started allowing kids to wear jeans in school. I noticed an immediate change in behavior. Have our freedoms become more important than our God and his word. Okay, I'm going to ask that question again because I want you to understand that this is an indictment of a person or a group. or a, I'm looking at our country and saying we have a problem, and I'm asking myself, I told you this is my struggle, what have I done to contribute or not to contribute to this problem have our freedoms become more important than our god and his word has equality become more important than our god and his word do my feelings become more important than my god and god's word So let me ask you a personal question. This show is all about getting you to think about your own actions. That's all I'm trying to do because it's helping me think about my own actions. It's easier to see the difficulties. Hey, we just had a debate, and I must say that even though I do kind of have somebody I really want to win uh, in, in the Republican primary, 
I had to turn off the debate after an hour. It just irritated me too much. There is too much bickering. There's, I, I, I want to go forward. I want to solve problems. I don't want to hear about how people disagree. I want to hear, I can figure out how people disagree. I want to know how we're going forward. Any rate, so it's easy for me to see the difficulties in a debate or in our country or in our culture or in our city. But our country and our culture are made up of people like you and me. And so the question is, what have I done? What have you done to contribute to a slippery slope, a slide away from God? What have we done that has contributed to the slide away from God? What have we not done? Just our inactivity, which has contributed to the slide away from God. I believe strongly our country is on a slippery slope away from God and away from being a great nation. And the question I'm asking is, have I been a contributor to this erosion? And if I have been a contributor, where did it start? At what point... Did something I do contribute? Maybe I'm asking it this way. In trying to reach the secular world, have I affected them more than they've affected me? Ask yourself that question. Are you more affected by the secular world or have you affected them more? Let's get personal. I'm not saying the following is bad or wrong. I'm, I'm bringing up these ideas for us to think about. Does buying a Christmas tree have more to do with tradition and commercialism than God? Does having the gift for each night of Hanukkah have more to do with tradition and commercialism than it has to do with God? Are our family habits and traditions more involved with our culture or more involved with God? Do our children learn more from school, which is secular, and TV, which is secular, than from us? And we are supposed to be fighting to raise our kids in a biblically believing culture. Do you understand the question I'm asking? I'm trying to ask it 50 different ways so that one of these ways will touch you. <laughs> Are you on a slippery slope, slowly drifting from God? Have you made so many compromises that you hardly know how secularism crept into your life and to the life of your family? Can anyone out there relate to what I'm asking, or is it too painful to look at ourselves and really see what might be part of the problem? So, okay, maybe I haven't hit you yet. Let me try it this way. What are some of the compromises that we might have made? TV and movies. Do we allow foul language in our home through TV and movies? Do we allow sexual 
situations in our home through TVs and movies and magazines and, and, and Xboxes and whatever? Do we allow violence into our home? I mean violence. I'm not talking about silliness. I'm talking about violence. What kind of video games do we allow? What age do you allow? I'm really changing. I'm going all over the board here. What, what age do you allow your child to date? Yes, that is a question, right? Do you teach tithing or wait for your children to become adults? Do you send your children to public school where they are being inundated by secular culture? Are there people in your life that you stay away from because of the way they treated you? So your kids are looking at you and and saying, okay, we're supposed to love our neighbor, but you're mad at this person? Are you totally honest with your taxes? Do you take any money under the table? The fact that sometimes I don't speak so nice is a small sin compared to what others do. Is that what you're saying? The speed limit is 55 miles an hour, which means I can go at least 60 and not get a ticket. You can speak of the president in derogatory terms, but you expect people to respect you. Where are we on this slippery slope? 1 Peter 2.16 says this, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Rather, live as God's slaves. Now, let me say something here. The definition of a free people to God is to live as his slave. Okay. I I just want that to settle in for a second. Um, It's not like I don't have more to say. I'm just wanting you to get that. (laughs) Let me say it again. We, in order to live as believers, as free people, we must be slaves to God. So the natural question is, are you a slave to God? And then it continues in 1 Peter 2.16, and it talks uh, in 17, honor all people. And as I love to ask, how many people are all? (laughs) So does that include people of the opposite political party? Does that include people from other countries? Does that include, I mean, we are to honor all people. That's what scripture says. It says to love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, slaves with all respect, submit yourself to your masters, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are harsh. Do any of you have harsh employers, you know? It's okay. God is in control. Well, you know what? I knew this is not going to work for just one one program. And I, I really have a favor to ask of you. And that is that you come back next week because this is a hard subject to frame. 
And there's a lot of things to discuss in this subject. So not only come back next week, bring some other people with you. I'll review a little bit of what I said today, and then we'll launch into some other thinking. But we've got to come to grips with our responsibility to this problem of assimilating into culture. So I pray that um, that your decisions this week will be more God-centered because of this program. And even the smallest to the largest, anything that comes out of your mouth will be more God-centered so that you will fight this slippery slope. I'm not trying to teach doctrine or make you feel guilty or change your opinions about anything. I'm asking you to consider how we can change this country back to serving God. And I believe it starts with you and me seeking to answer the questions in our life about having to how do we assimilate into the culture versus living the culture of God? Again, please email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Call at 813-831-5673. I'd appreciate end-of-the-year gifts. I really appreciate all of you who are listening and are blessed by this radio program. May God richly bless you and your family, especially during this special season. And may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.